What's up, my friends? I really appreciate y'all waiting for me. Let's get down to business. Welcome back to After the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And guys, Stipe Miocha just defended his belt. And it's funny because he defended it for the second time of his second reign. But all in all, I believe this might have been his fifth title defense. And he went out there, outlasted DC, outworked DC, outhustled the great DC, beat him in his retirement fight. And man, a lot of interesting things to talk about. Obviously, the fact that DC was trying really hard to pace himself throughout that fight. So he wasn't going out there with the same output that you're used to. And he still got tired anyways because DC's style is meant to go balls to the wall the entire time. So it almost seemed like he was holding back a little bit. But at the same time, every single time that DC threw one of those bombs, man, it seemed like he was inches away from knocking out uh, Stipe. So, man, DC hits like an absolute truck. You got to take your cap off to a guy like that, uh, you know, going off into the sunset, retiring. And even though we're not entirely sure if he's actually retired because – I could totally see him come back for a one-off so he can go out on a win. And, you know, I was making a joke earlier. How about a DC versus Struve? You know, he can beat the guy that beat the guy. For all y'all noobs, Struve uh, knocked out Miocic back in the day. Obviously, you know, that was a long-ass time ago. Everybody, no one is exempt from that first L, so y'all already know the deal. But, man, I love the hustle, the grind, the work ethic of Stipe Miocic, man. He just went in there. And it's, I'm not going to sit here and say he wanted it more than a guy like DC because, you know, DC put everything into this camp. It's just that once again, when it hit the deep waters, I mean, just like John Jones famously said after their first fight, you know, when uh, when uh, it was time to embrace the grind, that's exactly what I did. And when it was time to embrace the grind, that's exactly what Miocic did. I felt like Miocic controlled basically every round except that one round. Now, guys, I've only, I'm fresh off watching it live, so I don't remember what round each thing happened in, each thing happened in. But what I do remember is there, at the end of one of the rounds, I think it was either the first or the second, uh, DC caught Stipe with a big shot, wobbled him at the end of the round. So that's honestly the only round I would give to DC. The rest, I give to Stipe. I thought he controlled that fight from the start to the finish. And uh, man, He's got a really good volume style for heavyweight. It's not often you see heavyweights going out there with that kind of output. That's something that's normally seen in the lighter weight classes. So the fact that he was able to do that, I mean, he truly is the greatest heavyweight champion we've ever seen. And interestingly enough, so I know I've been one of the guys that, you know, is saying Francis Ngannou is a future champion. I even picked Francis Ngannou the first time to beat Stipe, which uh, he didn't even win a fucking round, right? But the line comes out. Okay, so the first time he's like minus 160 or so. The second time, which hasn't happened yet, they got Francis like a minus 225 or so uh, against uh, Stipe. So it, it's really interesting. And you look at Francis' uh, last few fights, none of them have even seen the second minute mark. It's just the level of competition he's been fighting. I mean, knocked out Rosenstrike, knocked out Junior Dos Santos, knocked out Cain Velasquez, knocked out Curtis Blade. So it's like, yep, here, here's your title shot. You earned it, my man. But back to Stipe's performance. Uh, you know, stuff the takedowns, out volume him on the feet, landed the harder shots. It's just you got to be careful with a guy like DC. Even if it looks like DC starting to get tired, starting to fade a little bit, starting to back up into the fence, every time DC would let it go and throw those big bombs, it's like, holy shit. Like, you just know the impact of one of those, if that connects clean on the button, is taking someone out, just like it took out Stipe the first time they fought. So, a lot of great stuff by the by the champion Stipe Miocic and obviously the former champ Daniel Cormier. Hats off! You're an amazing, uh, just a future Hall of Famer, someone we all look up to. And uh, 
just he's got a very bright future outside of fighting. I mean, he's going to be behind the commentary desk. He's going to be teaching kids wrestling. He's going to be an inspiration for his teammates. Like DC has got nothing to hang his head about. You know, he's had an amazing run. He's, I mean, he's the only man in UFC history to defend uh, two belts in two different weight classes simultaneously. You know, when Connor, Connor was the first guy to hold two belts simultaneously, but as you guys know, he was heavily criticized for never defending them, but DC actually went ahead and defended them. So man, Imagine if you would have retired after the Derek Lewis fight, right? Go out as a champ champ. That would have been some shit. But you you guys already know. They never know when to say when. They always stick around too long. And even though it's not getting too bad for DC yet, if he sticks around long enough, if you put him in there with Francis and Ganu, if you have a fourth fight with Stipe, which ain't going to happen, shit's going to get bad. So I'm glad that he's walking away right now. Right now is the time to do it, my man. I mean, look, if you're going to get the one-off, you know, against – you know, a guy that's nowhere near title contention, go finish someone real quick and then have your moment, leave the gloves in the center of the cage, you know, cry in front of the cameras in a positive light this time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, I'd be down to see DC have his moment, you know, going out on a win. But if this is it, then, I mean, that's it, bro. You had an unbelievable run. I mean, do you guys remember back in Strike Force? Uh, when uh, DC, I, I remember when he beat Jeff Monson. That was the first time I paid attention to him. I was like, man, this guy could be a problem one day. Then he enters the Strike Force tournament, knocks out Bigfoot Silva. Who, guys, I'm not talking about Bigfoot Silva that gets knocked out every single fight. I'm talking about back then. He was coming off a of Fedor when people were talking like this is the next contender, and DC starched him in a way. And then he fights a uh, Josh Barnett in the finals. And you know, Josh Barnett, I know now he's washed, but at the time we were looking at a legend. You're looking at you know, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And I remember when DC picked Josh Barnett up over his head and slammed him down. Unbelievable stuff. And geez, uh, DC is a legend. And then Stipe, man, we cannot give enough credit. Just such a hard worker, just consistently chipping away the entire fight. You hit this guy with everything but the kitchen sink, and he's still there in your face. And, uh, you know, and then uh, tomorrow on Monday, he's going to go back to the fire station and do his thing. You know, apparently – He's not too uh, big time to scrub toilets. You know, the heavyweight champion of the world is not too big time to give back to the people. So you got you to gotta, you gotta have a lot of love for him. And there's a lot of other stuff to talk about, but I see you guys have been lining up the questions. So let's fucking get down to business. Why not? Why not? So I see there's a lot of O'Malley and Cheeto uh, conversation going on. As you all know, we're going to get right down to all of that. My boy Payman Amiri says, F this dude. F me or F O'Malley or Cheeto or someone else. But if it's F me, I appreciate you showing up just to be able to tell me that. Thank you very much, my friend. Let's see what else we got. So, okay, here's one. My boy Dominic Moreno. Shout out to my boy Dominic Moreno, former pitcher. Now he's starting out his MMA career. Got a knockout in his first fight. Uh, we're looking out for you, Dom. That was a very impressive first fight you had. Now he wants to know. Do you believe that Anthony Johnson would be a serious contender at heavyweight if he ever cycles off? Uh, I didn't know he. W I thought he was just naturally gifted. But yeah, I mean, listen, he'll be a he'll be a serious contender in the sense that if he touches anyone clean on the chin, they will go to sleep. But in terms of like, you know, showing that championship heart that these guys like DC and Stipe are showing, now nah, I don't think so, man. Because it's like you take his back one time. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I don't see him ever being a champion, but he hits hard enough to where he can be in the top 10 the rest of his career. So that's pretty much what I think about Rumble Johnson. Eric Williams says, I had it 4-1 to Stipe. Yeah, exactly. You know, I had it 4-1 to Stipe too, but it was a situation where 
It would have been 5-0 if Stipe didn't get wobbled at the end of that one round. Was it round one or was it round two? Y'all remind me. But that round where uh, Stipe got wobbled by DC at the very end, like he was controlling the entire round. It's just like the biggest, uh, the most significant strike of that of that round was landed by DC. So you got to give uh, you got to give DC uh, that round, right? Dixon says, then Kane cock-blocked him from joining the heavyweight division in the UFC. What are you talking about, man? Uh, like, Kane was champ in the UFC while DC was champ in Strikeforce. Then DC comes to the UFC, wins a couple fights at heavyweight against Frank Mir, big country, drops down to light heavyweight, made it to the belt, won the belt, uh, defended the belt, goes up to heavyweight after Kane's done with his run, wins that belt too, and defends it as well. So I don't think so, man. I think everything happened uh, in the appropriate time. They were both able to touch gold both able to defend gold so i don't i don't see what uh what the issue is my man all right let's see what else we got mass card guy says stipe is like when i get punched he say uh I, i'm not quite sure what you're saying my man but if you're saying stipe gets punched a lot and can take it i i agree man he can he take it i mean he went five rounds with francis and ganu and didn't get knocked down once so yeah uh we know we know Stipe Miocic can take it. The question is, for how long can he take it? Because he's fighting Francis Ngannou's next fight, if he accepts that. And when I say words like, if he accepts that, that's not at all downplaying a future Hall of Famer like Stipe Miocic or anything like that. It's more so like, from his point of view, he's probably like, dude, I already beat this guy. Not only did I beat this guy, I beat him over a five-round duration. Why the hell would I have to fight him again? You know, you, you guys already know the negotiation tactics, the leverage they try to use up the zeros on that paycheck you know what i'm saying so he's gonna be pulling out all the stops during the negotiation period uh before that francis fight uh gets signed you know what i mean so oh man my boy wombat um <laughs> he said i ruined his sunday yesterday so everybody in australia just so y'all know today so today's sunday for me here in atlanta georgia but my homies in australia and new zealand it's monday for them they're a day ahead so my boy wombat said on twitter and shout out to my boy wombat really cool guy he said you ruined my sunday yesterday by not doing this mate but i guess you're saying i guess you're saving my monday swings and roundabouts i appreciate that man it's my pleasure and i really appreciate you being here to check this out so listen normally i like to go in order in terms of the fights you know talk about uh stipe and dc then talk about o'malley then talk about you know rosenstrike but i'm gonna actually go in the order of your questions but first should we, should we go ahead and talk about Cheeto and O'Malley real quick? Because I know that's the very controversial fight that everybody's talking about. No one's giving Cheeto any credit for what he did out there. And uh, I disagree with that mentality. I feel like Cheeto was the rightful winner, and it's not controversial in my eyes. I'll tell you why. Did you guys ever see a fight between Sean O'Malley and Andre Sukumtut? I'll take that as a yes. Now, remind me what happened in the third round with Andre uh, Sukumtut and Sean O'Malley. If I remember correctly, didn't Sean O'Malley uh, break his foot in that round as well? However, Sukumtut's got the IQ of a you know what. Sukumtut's that guy you try to cheat off him in class in the exam, and then you get your paper back and you got an F. You know what I mean? The guy his IQ. Uh, let, let's not even go there. But when uh, when Andre Sukumtut had Sean O'Malley in a similar situation, Andre Sukumtut gets on top of Sean and hangs on for dear life. Whereas Cheeto got on top and elbow after elbow. I mean. That ground and pound finish was absolutely devastating. And uh, this might be a controversial opinion, but I don't give a fuck. I mean, we've been giving controversial opinions on half the battle since we started. So what difference does it make? But uh, 
I think that Sean O'Malley will never be a top five guy. And last night confirmed it. And let me explain what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. So people that have, uh, excuse me, people that have fought through injuries, Cejudo versus DJ. Let's examine what happened when Cejudo fought DJ. Similar to this fight. Now, before I talk about this, let's just explain what happened with Cheeto and O'Malley. I mean, O'Malley comes out, he starts throwing, you know, these front kicks. He starts throwing these other kicks and uh, Cheeto checked a couple of those kicks. He, he kept his composure the whole time. He wasn't broken before the fight started like Andre Sukumtut or as uh, O'Malley likes to call him soccer mom or Eddie Wineland who, you know, is one or two fights away from retirement or El Teco Quinones who's never knocked anyone out and is talking about how he's going to knock out Sean O'Malley. These guys were broken before the fight even started. Terry on where went zero and four in the UFC. Like guys, Cheeto Vera is the top fifteen. This is a different story. So Cheeto's out there. He's composed, and you guys already know Cheeto usually loses the first round of every fight, anyways. And you start to slow down on a guy like Cheeto Vera. You start to show any glimpse of weakness against a, a guy like Cheeto Vera, and you guys saw what happened. He did start to slow down. He did start to show a little bit of weakness, and uh, that's all it took for Cheeto Vera to finish the fight. Now back to the Sukumtut fight. Uh, when he got on top of O'Malley, a hurt O'Malley, he tried to hump him. He, he didn't. He didn't do shit. He could have finished the fight too, but he didn't. He didn't have the smarts. He didn't have the killer instinct. He's not a top fifteen guy. He's not on this level. Whereas Cheeto Vera, you do that against Cheeto, and it's over with. Now, just imagine if he did some shit like that against a Cody Garbrandt. If he did some shit like that against a Peter Yan, like dude, he'd be knocked unconscious. But back to my point. So Cejudo and DJ. So what happened in the first minute of the Cejudo versus DJ fight? Come on, y'all let me know. And I'm talking about the second fight, not the first one, the second fight. So let's let's revisit what happened. The first minute of the Cejudo versus DJ fight, DJ lands a beautiful calf kick, almost like temporarily dead in the nerve or whatever. And then Cejudo's rolling around all over the place. He's hopping on one leg. He's doing the whole bit. Clearly loses the first round. But you know what? Champs overcome adversity. Champs fight through injuries. Champs can get over shit that seems impossible to the rest of us. And not only did Cejudo come back to answer the bell, not only did he survive that round, comes back to answer the bell, goes out and dethrones the great Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. That, that's champ shit right there. Now, I know someone's going to be like, oh, all injuries are different. Yeah, I agree. All injuries are different, obviously. But like, both guys got kicked in the calf, and then they rolled their ankle over as a result. Like, it was like the same kind of ordeal. And one guy survived and one didn't. One ended up being a double champ. And, guys, O'Malley's not touching gold ever, unfortunately. I love the guy. He's fun to watch, but he ain't touching gold. And it, it was proven last night. Cejudo versus Marais. What happened in, when Cejudo moved up a weight class to, to try to touch gold? Same shit happens in the first round. Marais, the hardest kicker in the bantamweight division, is taking out his calf. And, I mean, if – Cejudo would have went down in that first round. None of, none of us would have held it against him. But you know what Cejudo does? He bites down on that mouthpiece. He goes out there and he figures, it, he figures it out. He makes the adjustments. He wins the belt. Let's talk about an example outside of the UFC. Let's talk about a Bellator example. Mike Chandler versus Brent Primus. Now, officially Brent Primus won that fight. However, let's examine how it went down. When Chandler got kicked in, you know, in the calf and uh, you know he's wobbling all over the place, I mean, he's still trying to fight the entire time. Like, O'Malley went to his back, got smashed with elbows. The fight's over. Whereas Chandler, he's trying to throw – he's hopping on one leg, trying to throw as hard as he can. And then in between rounds, he's not saying that he can't continue. He's trying to get back up and fight again. But as you guys remember, with the cage uh, – so he's sitting on the, st on the stool. The cage is right behind him, the cage door. The cage door was open. 
So uh, I think that O'Malley tried to lean back. I mean, not O'Malley. I think that Mike Chandler tried to lean back against the fence, and then he kind of fell, so the ref calls the fight. But Mike Chandler was trying to go out there for the second round. Another example, what happened when George St. Pierre fought Tiago Alves at UFC 100? I know a lot of y'all don't remember, so I'm going to remind you. He tore his groin in the third round. You know what he tells Greg Jackson in between rounds? I tore my groin. You know what Greg Jackson tells GSP? Hit him with it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's just a different mentality when you're at that championship level. What about Tiago Santos versus John Jones? What happened in that first round with Tiago Santos and John Jones? Tiago Santos badly injures his knee. And this is a guy who's known for his devastating kicks his entire career. And he's hobbling on one leg. He still makes it the distance with John Jones. And I didn't score it for him, but a lot of people did. That is championship hard. What about Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway? What happened to Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway? He tears his ACL. And you know what he does? He changes up the game. And you've never seen Conor McGregor wrestle before until that fight with Max Holloway. So I, I'm just saying, man, uh, real champs make adjustments. I've seen this kind of injury before. And, yeah, not a lot of people are going to overcome it, but the champs do. Uh, and, look, uh, again, if, if this, I would consider this a fluke if it didn't happen before in the Sukumtut fight. But the fact that it's happened twice in a row – I mean, it's like, dude, like, what's going to happen when it happens again? So basically, O'Malley needs to drink some milk big time. I mean, this guy needs some calcium in those bones because, like, dude, you know, he used to be a vegan. And I'm not talking shit about vegans at all. Like, that, that's not what I'm trying to get out here because, like, you know, personally, I'm a meat eater. I like my steak medium rare. But, like, you know, I got friends that are vegetarian and vegan and this and that. But the kid was vegan for a long time. I'm not saying that's why his bones are brittle, but. You know what I'm saying? My boy needs to drink a little bit of milk and strengthen those bones because, like, you can't be getting kicked in the calf one time and your leg giving out. But at the same time, it happened to Henry Cejudo, and he overcame it. It happens to, you know, these championship-level guys, and they overcome it. So just tells me that he's not a championship-level guy and never will be. I mean, we saw him quit in an amateur fight too, but we don't really talk about amateur fights because that doesn't mean shit. But the fact that it's been a recurring trend whenever the going gets tough because, you know, and – I didn't bet on uh, O'Malley or anything. I picked Cheeto on the show, but like when I watched Andre Sukumtut take him down and pass his guard, it was at that moment where I was like, nah, you cannot lay chalk on O'Malley in this spot. Uh, Cheeto got him in one bad spot. The fight was over shortly after. And how about that brutal ground and pound? And people are saying, he didn't throw any strikes until the injury. Like, shut your fucking mouth. Did you not see that head kick uh, Cheeto Vera threw? And secondly, isn't Cheeto Vera always historically a slow starter? Doesn't Cheeto Vera like to ease into the fight? Doesn't he take a few shots to kind of wake up? I mean, it seemed like a normal Cheeto Vera fight to me. And you show him one ounce of weakness. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And that's what he did. So I think Cheeto Vera earned that win fair and square. And as far as people talking about a rematch, I mean, is O'Malley coming back anytime soon? O'Malley better drink some fucking whole milk before we talk about a rematch because uh, Cheeto Vera just punched his ticket to the top 10. He's on a seven-fight win streak. I mean, dude, he beat Song Yadong. He's on a seven-fight win streak. Now he's a top 10 fighter, and I want him to fight Jimmy Rivera. Look, they've had a beef for a really long time. For, for y'all that don't know, Jimmy Rivera was supposed to fight Brian Caraway, I believe, back in 2017. Brian Caraway pulls out the week of the fight. They give the fight to Cheeto, and Jimmy turns it down. And uh, the reason why Jimmy turned it down to this day pisses Cheeto off because you guys remember what Jimmy said, right? He said, I don't want to hurt a guy that, uh, you know, and he made a reference about Cheeto's daughter because you guys remember, you know, Cheeto was working so hard to be able to pay for his daughter's surgery, right? So, you know, uh, Jimmy was saying he doesn't want to hurt that guy and this and that. And Cheeto's like, dude, 
well, at least let me make some money. You know what I'm saying? So since that day, Cheeto's like, yo, fuck this guy. And I feel like now they're finally getting closer to meeting. I've been wanting this fight for three plus years. So I feel like now's the time to finally give him that fight. And yeah, when O'Malley's ready to come back, they can, they can run it back. I got Cheeto in the rematch again. And I'll tell you this, they should just let O'Malley style on some more, you know, easy wins. Like Eddie Wyland didn't touch him once. So that's easy. Uh, El Teco didn't touch him once. That was easy. All the guys that have actually fought back, it wasn't as easy. Andre Sukumtut, it's just his IQ is, you know, the lowest you've ever seen. So he couldn't capitalize. But like Terry on where, you know, if he wasn't slow as molasses, maybe he could have won that fight. He won the second round. But then, then you put him in there with Cheeto and uh, first round finish. So it's great to see, you know, Cheeto being rewarded for his hard work. And, uh, you know, this is a guy who's really stuck around and really grinded to get to where he is. So it's truly a beautiful thing to see that finally now he's getting rewarded. And uh, I'm very, very happy for him. Young says it's an ankle injury. I don't know about you, but I didn't see any ankle strikes coming from Cheeto. Uh, maybe you got to watch the fight again, buddy, because there was a clear calf kick at minute 254. And then O'Malley starts uh, uh, limping all over the place. And listen, it, it's not my fault that when O'Malley was on his back, he got smashed with elbows. I mean, when Mike Chandler was on his back, uh, you know, in his fight with Brent Primus, like he was defending himself. He was hanging on. He was trying to win the fight, whereas O'Malley completely checked out the second any kind of adversity presented itself. So I disagree with you, young gunner. Valerie says O'Malley versus Cheeto run it back. Yeah, listen, once he uh, strengthens those brittle bro uh, bones, I'm sure uh, I'm sure they will run it back one day. Uh, that's a big fight. I know Cheeto would love that fight. That's that fight. This was the biggest fight of his career. Pay-per-view co-main event to the heavyweight championship. Like, dude, all eyes on you. Fuck yeah, he would take that fight again. It's just O'Malley's in no position to fight right now. He, he needs to uh, – <laughs> you, you guys already know what he needs to do. Okay, Speedy Fighter says it was a calf kick that hit the uh, the pineal nerve. Is it the pineal or is it the peroneal nerve? I thought it was called the peroneal nerve. But either way, we're talking about the same thing. Um, he says the same thing that happened to Suhudo when he fought Mighty Mouse the second time. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. You you know what's up. He said it caused him to roll his ankle multiple times. Definitely no need to run it back. Yeah, listen, they want to run it back because every single time these two fight, it's an exciting fight. I'm fucking down. But like in terms of determining who the better man is, like do not even try me on that bullshit because – Fighting isn't always about who looks the prettiest out there. Fighting is about who's effective and who's going to get it done. And Cheeto got it done. And, you know, I, I don't like shitting on people after the fact and this and that. But, like, I, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that he dyed his hair uh, the color of the Ecuadorian flag. Like, not because, like, I'm sensitive or any shit. Because it's like, to me, it's like they're going to fight on Saturday anyway. So who really gives a shit? They're going to settle the differences inside the cage. But it was just kind of like like he was trying too hard from my vantage point at least but i you know what i did like that o'malley said i kind of thought his answer was really hilarious like they were like so o'malley why'd you dye your hair those colors and he's like oh it's for my ecuadorian fans <laughs> i don't know why i thought that was fucking hilarious but like still when you try a, an ecuadorian gangster like chito vera the way he did uh you're gonna get elbowed multiple times in the face and uh and, and be left crying on the ground and, and taken out with a stretcher so that's exactly uh, what happened. Gold Caps. What's up, Gold Caps? He said, would have seen this earlier in his career if Andres Sukumtut had any fight IQ. Any decent leg kicker is going to give O'Malley problems. Hey, so who do y'all got between O'Malley and Marlon Moraes? Is it a foregone conclusion that Marlon Moraes kicks his calf into, you know, makes him wobble and makes him uh, pull out the, uh, what are those fucking things called again? 
Um, the crutches. Is he going to have to pull out the crutches? You know what I'm saying? I'm very curious about that myself, my friend. Callie says, welcome back to half the battle. I appreciate it, but this is after the battle. So hell yeah, let's go. I'm very excited. You guys can tell normally like I'm a little more lower energy at, you know, when we do this shit at 1 a.m. at 2 a.m. after the fights, you never know. Maybe had a couple drinks, maybe, uh, you know, a little herbal remedies right now we're hundred percent fresh. So we got energy, baby. We're ready to go. So let's see. Eric, what's up, my boy, Eric Williams? He says, how far do you think Verna Janjiroba can go? Her jits is beautiful. Her jits is fucking phenomenal, man. One takedown, and the fight was over shortly after. I bet on uh, Verna Janjiroba with Marab. We'll get into that. Also bet on Rosenstrike was a great night for me. We'll get into all that shit soon. Never could, never will, says, cashed on Cheeto and Durkin first-round KO last night. Who's Durkin? Isn't that Pat Cummins? Uh, is there another uh, Durkin that I don't know of, or uh, – or am, I, or am I missing the reference here? All right, let's see. Mascacar says, Stipe's head is like two DC head sizes. Is it? I thought it was like DC that had the big head, but, you know, uh, Stipe is just like the taller man. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let me see if, one, if I can get a guess in here. I, I think one of my boys wants to join me real quick. Let me see. Let me see what he's up to real quick. All right. But let's see what else y'all got. What happened to Cormier's wrestling plan? Uh, X finale escape says, well, I, I think you got to understand that if you watch their second fight, he did wrestle in that, in that first round. He got the takedown there too. It's just that Stipe makes you work for every single takedown attempt. And, you know, you're not just going to hold a guy like Stipe down. And the issue with Cormier in these five-round fights, not just against Stipe, but also against John Jones the first time, against Alexander Gustafsson, is he pushes such a hard pace that he tends to gas out in the later rounds as a result of that pace. It's really taxing, man. So if he would have been, you know, trying to wrestle the whole time, he would have been huffing and puffing a lot quicker. I'll tell you that, my friend. Not to mention, it's not that easy to just go ahead and take down a D1 wrestler like Stipe, man. It's no walk in the park. So I, I think there was a lot of talk going into this, but talk and actual fighting, two different things, my friend. KV Smooth says, and Gannon will murder Stipe in the, in the next match. Yeah, I mean, look. And Gannon's got a chance to, to murder anybody he touches clean on the button. So, you know, there's the, yeah, obviously there's a chance. Brian says, what do you lie on Jones against Stipe? Oh, that's tough, man. Um, maybe like a pick em, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I could see the case for Jones being favored just because he's the best fighter on planet Earth. But at the same time, it's not his weight class. And he's, you know, never fought a heavyweight before. So, I, uh, besides DC. But... I don't know, pick him, I guess, maybe slightly on Jones, but like I, I'm sick of counting out Stipe, man. I feel like he's one of the most underrated champions. He's had two title reigns, defended the belt in both those title reigns. Like, we, we gotta stop counting out Stipe Miocic. Uh, Maska says Nganu hits like an airstrike. I know, like a fucking modern warfare airstrike. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit, man. Speedy Fiber says Jones is a minus 150 favorite against Stipe. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, it's a situation where it's like I'm too scared to bet against Jones, but, like, I also don't like the idea of laying chalk against Stipe, even though I already did it when he fought uh, Nganu that first time, and I learned my fucking lesson, so I'm not sure if I'm trying to do it again. But, you know, Jones is a completely different fighter. But just saying, I, I really feel like Stipe uh, deserves your respect. You know what I mean? Uh, Callie says, all the hype trains in the last year have been getting faded, smacked, and embarrassed. Every time I bet them, they lose. Most recently, MVP Shabazian O'Malley, Herbert Burns, etc. Yeah, man. I mean, look, no one is exempt from that first L. It's something we've been talking about since the beginning of half the battle. 
and it's something that's going to continue to go on for the rest of uh, the sports history. And I think that, uh, you know, people are saying this is the year of the upset. Dude, every year is the year of the upset. Like, the reason that, you know, these big Vegas casinos are still in business is because they weren't built with everyone being on the same side, my friend. So when everyone's buying that Shabazi and hype that O'Malley fight, the books, they see the dollar signs in their eyes, and they light up when all those Chaka tickets burn in flames. So, yeah, you just got to – assess each fighter individually and take it from there because the only guys i've seen that are able to keep that undefeated record are jones and habib and like i've told you guys a million times if they stick around long enough they will take their first l's too no one is exempt why do you think habib is talking about how he wants to you know fight two more fights get to 30 and 0 and then retire because do you want to stick around long enough to risk that first l no he feels like okay i'm getting to that point now these guys are starting to catch up let me get these two wins and then we're out then we bounce 30 and no it's never been done before in mma but i'm telling you if he tries to extend that lofty goal to 50 and no he will take his first l and he might still take it before he hits 30 is what i'm trying to say so no one is exempt from that first l frankie what's up frankie he says will pineda pass the next usada test fantastic question because he did not look uh deflated at all from his pfl days I, I will tell you that right now my friend he looked in very good shape and man did he put on a hell of a fight i gotta give him credit because i thought it was a you know one back take the fight will be over shortly after situation and one back take and he escaped it no problem got on top of him uh mounted crucifixes herbert burns and pounds him out i was like god damn and again Similar to how we were talking about with Cheeto Vera, it's nice to see a guy like Daniel Pineda getting rewarded for his hard work. I mean, this is a guy who – let me pull up a – hold on one sec. Cody Durden just messaged me. All right, Cody Durden. Let's see Let's see if he wants to join us here in a second. UFC uh, Bantamweight just fought Chris Gutierrez last week. But – uh. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought because Cody Dern said uh, he just left the gym right now. But anyways, back back to back to what we were talking about. So Daniel Pineda, let me fucking pull up uh, what what the numbers are. Okay, it says he's got twenty seven wins and twenty seven finishes. He actually has twenty nine wins and twenty nine finishes because two of them were no contest. Um, so basically, uh. It looks like we're about to get Cody Durden here in a sec. So he just got a shower real quick, just got out the gym. So we'll, we'll talk to him in a second. Um, so get your questions ready. Y'all remember his fight two weeks ago against Chris Gutierrez. Uh, won that first round 10-8 and then arguably lost the next two rounds. It was a draw. It was a very exciting fight. Ask him who he wants next, all that shit. Hold on, let me tweet this out. Okay. Anyways, I appreciate y'all. Like, listen, they say guys can't multitask, so I appreciate y'all sticking with me while I'm doing all these other fucking things. But anyways, Callum says he'll have uh, Jones minus 150. He'll take it. All right. Hey, listen, it's the GOAT, right? It's the fucking GOAT, so I, I don't blame you, my guy. Let's see what else y'all are saying. <laughs> Mascard says Sean made a wrong uh, moonwalk move. <laughs> yeah, I know. Definitely. You could definitely like make some funny edit video. Um what about my boy? Uh, wow, I'm I'm embarrassed. Uh, what's his name? Mojaked Fujila. Yeah, yeah, my boy that does the fucking awesome animation videos. I know y'all have seen his shit before. You know, I interviewed him on Half the Battle like two, three years ago. He actually uh, designed the Best Fight Picks logo. 
I'm sure he could make a fucking great video. Uh, you know what I'm saying about uh, O'Malley uh, doing a little uh, doing a little moonwalk. You know what I mean? So great. Video. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that, my friend. All right, let's see what else y'all got. So Lee says Sean needs to move up. He's too weak for 35. Needs some calcium in his bones. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he needs to move up because I'm telling you now. Those 45ers are no joke either. I mean, uh, you remember that performance between uh, Hanato Moicano and Calvin Cater when Hanato Moicano leg kicked him, uh, leg kicked him to a point. Just imagine what Hanato Moicano would do to Sean O'Malley. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, if moving up is the solution. I think it might be like, hey, let's only give him easy fights because he ain't gonna be a title contender. I will tell you that right now. All right, let's see, let's see what else y'all got for me. Okay. Sean, is he a vegan? Yeah, he used to be a vegan up until recently. Like those first two UFC fights, he was a vegan. So yeah, he uh, definitely needs to needs to do something. And I thought he was getting bigger, man. I thought he was putting on more size. I thought he was, you know, filling out that frame. But goddamn, those bones are brittle. And that's why I'm thankful that while I was growing up in my youth, I would fucking, not that I'm ever going to go fight in a cage. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. But like, I'm grateful that I drank milk growing up. You know what I'm saying? So I don't got to worry about that shit and I don't got to worry about it because I would never step in a cage with Cheeto Vera or anyone. So, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Drink kids, drink your milk. It's strong for your bones. You know, like when I, when I saw you guys remember the milk mustache ads, like from back in the day, got milk, you know what I'm saying? With like the milk mustache, like those ads were like a big part of my youth. And like, I would actually drink milk and like now, like I feel pretty fucking strong. I wish O'Malley drank milk growing up. Maybe uh, maybe his body would have held up. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Jack said that O'Malley pull a stunt. Not in the fight, but before the fight. You know what I'm saying? He pulled a stunt in the sense that dyes his hair the color of the Ecuadorian flag. Like, dude, come on. Like, cut, cut. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that shit. Especially with a guy like Cheeto. Like, do not, do not piss off Cheeto like that. And I'll tell you where else he pulled a stunt. Okay. Are we screen sharing time? Let's go to screen share real quick. Check this out. I'm going to pull up something he posted on his IG, which is fucking hilarious. I thought it was really damn funny. But the thing is that uh, you start doing shit like this, you're going to piss off the MMA gods to a point where uh, – don't tell me he deleted it. Okay, no, he didn't delete it. All right. I'm about to screen share. Y'all tell me. Y'all tell me if y'all saw this. One second. Okay, hold up. Okay, here we go. All right, check 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 this check this out, y'all. Y'all see what I'm saying? So, like, you start posting shit like that, and then you wonder why you know karma bites you in the ass a little bit. You dye your hair the color of the Ecuadorian flag. Uh oh, uh oh, is it time? Uh. Is it time? There he is, Jamar the Rockstar Whitehead, ladies and gentlemen. This is my 21-year-old phenom, undefeated, about to have his last amateur fight. Then we're turning pro. You guys will see him in the UFC very soon. We got him on now as a little warm-up, you know what I'm saying? You know my boy Cody Dern's about to join us here soon. But first, Jamar the Rockstar Whitehead, what the fuck is up, bro? Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, man. It's a great day. Isn't it? It's a great day to be alive, but an even better day to be great. Get out. And get to the grind, whatever that may be. 
Hey, so real quick, before we continue, and don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to keep talking the fights. I want you all to see the promo for my boy's uh, next fight. This shit got me so pumped that, uh, all right, hold on one second. I'm about to I'm about to pull up this promo. Y'all got to fucking see this shit. And then we're going to keep talking the fight, so don't y'all worry. All right. About to, screen, about to screen share this shit. All right, we're on Twitter. We're good. Check this out. Got to hit that play. Hold on, hold up. Here we go. Yeah. Let's go. Pushed myself to the limit and beyond. Because I am a warrior. A gladiator. I am a champion. And this shit was longer than I remembered. It's almost over. <laughs> hey, where's the shit talk, though? That's coming soon. You stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's what sucks. All right. All right, all right, all right. So... Joining me now on Half the Battle is Jamar, the rock star, Whitehead, future UFC Bantamweight, about to have his last amateur fight next weekend, uh, about to keep that undefeated record alive, and then go you know, pro, then go to the UFC. You guys already know the deal. He's my 21-year-old phenom. Y'all have actually been hearing him on Half the Battle since he was 16, and you heard him on the 420 edition of Half the Battle. Go check that out. So, Jamar. How'd you feel about Stipe going out there against DC? And it seemed like, listen, just like John Jones famously said before or after his fight with DC the first time, he said, when it was time to embrace the grind, that's exactly what I did. And man, it seemed like DC was really trying to pace himself because, you know, that wrestling style is so taxing. But you try to pace yourself against a guy like Stipe, and he's going to take advantage of that, out volume you, out work you, out pace you, out hustle you. And that's exactly what he did last night, Mark. I agree, man. Uh, Stipe, everybody, uh, Everybody that's close to me that knows my favorite UFC fighters know that Stipe's always been 110% my favorite heavyweight since his UFC debut. So <clears throat> before that, it was actually Stefan Struve. Funny enough, right? Stipe, right? Exactly. Funny enough. Um, but anyway, yeah, I've always said that guy was going to be a champion. And sure enough, he's here now more than being a champion. He's being looked at as possibly the greatest heavyweight to ever step foot on in the cage you know what i'm saying i think that's i think that's a the perfect way to describe him you know i mean for you to one beat dc not once but twice not just twice but in in a row i think that speaks volumes you know what i mean 
Yeah, the, hey, real quick, hey, look forward, bro, because we can see that fucking shiny ass light over your head. We'd rather see your face. Yeah, thank you very much. We got to give the fans the full view. You know what I'm saying? We can't, we can't cut them short. But I understand. But you're so right. I mean, when you talk about the greatest heavyweights of all time, and obviously when, when we talk US, UFC, we talk Stipe Miocic, we talk Daniel Cormier, we talk Cain Velasquez, we talk Junior Cigano. But outside the UFC, I mean, you can't end the best heavyweight of all time discussion without mentioning the great Fedor. So when it really comes down to it, I mean, who is the greatest heavyweight of all time in your opinion? That's a that's a hard one. It's gonna have to go um, from from a skill. Fuck, man. Sorry. It's gonna have to go from a with Fedor. He's an older fighter, and what <laughs> is, is is my little is my little brother giving us trouble? My little brother. Um. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so. Sorry for the distraction. So with Fedor, that's an older, older fighter. You know what I'm saying? When you look at Fedor, his style, it, it to me, it says old school. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Um, he's a beast no matter what. And I just personally think if he were to fight Stipe, I think the, the hands would be a little bit too much. See, the game has evolved. The game of MMA has evolved to a point where it's not just your – you're a one style pony with, you know, some skills in this stuff. No, you're well-rounded everywhere. If that makes sense for Fedor, he was really good at Sambo and he had some hands, you know what I mean? He had some decent boxing, decent though, nothing spectacular. Then you have a guy like Stipe who's good at wrestling, who knows jujitsu, who's a, a great boxer, very accurate with his hands and very powerful, you know? And on top of all of that, this is a guy who's extremely patient. I think if you were to take prime Fedor and the Stipe of now, I think you got Stipe winning. Yeah, no, I mean, you bring up some good points. Look, even though what was so impressive about Fedor was how well-rounded he was for his time, it's just uh, there's something about that modern-day gladiator. You know what I'm saying, baby? So I feel like Stipe really represents the embodiment of the 2020 heavyweight champion, whereas, like, in a couple of years, there's going to be some other guy who makes Stipe look like shit, you know what I mean? And when I say look like shit, don't take that the wrong way. That's not to discredit any of his accomplishments. What I'm trying to say is that the sport evolved so quick. Just like Hoist Gracie was the fucking welterweight, you know, phenom, then it's Matt Hughes, then it's GSP, then, uh, you know, Johnny Hendricks, then Robbie Lawler, you know what I'm saying? So oh, there's always going to be that next champ. So it's really, truly amazing to see. And before I let you go, my guy, I mean, you know I cannot let you go without talking about your own weight class, bandweight. I mean, Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera. Hey, people are trying to discredit Cheeto's win, but you already know uh, how effective that calf kick is, and let's take it a step further. When Cejudo got calf kicked by Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and he was rolling around on his ankle, hopping around on one leg, did he uh, go to his back and get smashed with elbows, or did he suck it up and come back and win the belt? Sucked it up, man. He's, he's a trooper, man. He's a trooper for sure. Uh when you're mentioning, if you want to talk about the Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera fight, I could talk all day about that. See, the thing is, Sean O'Malley is extremely talented. You know, he has a very long reach. You know, he's tall, period, for the weight class, and he hits like a truck, you know. Um, moves very awkward, Very have, has very good movement, but he moves awkward, you know what I mean? Um, I think he will definitely, definitely be a special, special talent in the UFC in the future. Even right now, you know, I'm, he's doing the right thing as far as, uh, you know, uh, 
frescoes and stuff like that. He's doing a phenomenal job getting his name out there. You know, the, the dying of the hair, as, much, as controversial as it may be for some people, look at how many people are talking about it. Yeah, it gets people talking. I was actually talking about that before we got on here. As you can see, we're talking about it. But, like, to me, it's like, you know, it, yeah, it's funny because, you know, he they're they like, why'd you dye your hair the color of the Ecuadorian flag? And he's like, for my Ecuadorian fans, which I, was, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But it's like, but you're fighting Cheeto Vera. You do that against a guy like him. You saw the little video he posted on his IG with Marlon Vera's girlfriend in bed. Oh, Valley! Oh, Valley! I know that's just hilarious, but, like, if you if you don't win and you talk that kind of shit, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Uh now, real quick before I let you go, typical skeptic says, "Who is this dude? This is Jamar, the rock star whitehead, my twenty-one-year-old phenom. He's turning pro next week after your last amateur fight. About to extend that undefeated record. This is one of the most well-rounded fighters I've ever seen. Good everywhere the fight goes, and doesn't take any unnecessary risk. You know, this is not a guy who's going to go out there and stand and bang until someone's chin is gone. This is a guy who's going to go out there mixing takedowns. When you think he's going for the takedown, that's when the sidekick to the face comes and." Uh, I have a feeling that uh, you guys are going to like this guy when he makes it to the UFC because uh, he wins a lot of fights and he knows how to win. And it's all about the W. It's not about playing around with the rock star. Exactly, man. On top of that, most important thing of what I was going to say with the O'Malley and Vera fight. Sugar show's over, man. We're getting back to the rock star hour. So August 29th, 13 days away. Typical skeptic. You don't know who I am right now. Tune in. NFC 126. Guaranteed. You'll remember my name forever. Yeah, you know, we were saying uh, that uh, Sean O'Malley needs to drink some milk for those brittle bones because this is the second time that shit has happened. You remember the Andre Sukumtut fight, but, you know, Andre Sukumtut's never been, uh, you know, renowned for his uh, IQ, you know what I'm saying? So he gets on top of uh, Sean O'Malley. He starts holding on for dear life, whereas you let a guy like Cheeto get on top of you, you show any kind of weakness against a guy like Cheeto, and it's an uh, elbow city to the face. So uh, I think that's exactly what happened last night. I mean, yeah, man, and and – Daniel, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know who Cheeto Vera was until you introduced me to him. But if you remember, I was like, man, this guy is really, really good. This guy is really good for, especially at 135. You know me, I don't, not to sound cocky, but I'm not too impressed with a lot of 135ers, you know? Cheeto Vera, since day one, I've always said he's really good. Uh, and that's why as soon as the O'Malley fight was made, I kind of, I've, Actually, not kind of. I definitely knew O'Malley was going to lose. Vera's too dangerous. He's too experienced. He's not a journeyman, but he has a lot of fights. You know what I mean? There's a huge difference. I think O'Malley, it's hard to say if O'Malley really took him, like underestimated him. It's hard to really say that because that's also just O'Malley's, that's just his, uh, his presence. You know what I mean? That's just who he is. He's going to talk shit. He's going to think he's going to knock you out no matter who you are. So I don't know, man. I think I think Vera has, has a very, very immediate bright future in the uh, in the UFC. I think ten, top 10 is next for him. And I see him beating a lot of top 10 guys. Uh, Jimmy Rivera is somebody I definitely see him running through, not just beating, but running through, um, as well as many other people that are definitely in the top 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I was actually telling the fans that I want to see uh, Cheeto Vera versus Jimmy Rivera next because, you know, they have this beef from a long time ago. Uh, do you know the story? I actually didn't know that at all. So I, I told them the story, but I'll tell you the story. I know you guys want to hear the fucking story again. So let, let, let's repeat the story. So basically, Jimmy Rivera had a fight in 2017 versus Brian Caraway. On fight week, Brian Caraway pulls out. They call Cheeto Vera. They give him the fight. Cheeto signs. Cheeto accepts. It's fight week. 
And do you know about uh, the backstory with Cheeto about how his daughter had to get a surgery? Um, like she, the muscles in her mouth don't move, so she couldn't smile. So he had to pay for a surgery so that she could smile. And basically the first part of his career was saving up so he could pay for his daughter's surgery. Then the second part of his career was you know saving up so he could move his family to the United States. All right, hold on one sec. We got a special guest. What's up, Cody Durden? What's up? Chilling, man. I know you know the rock star. Uh, this is a UFC bandwagon oh, in the house. How's it going, Cody? Man, everything's good my way. How about yourself? We're doing amazing. We're talking about uh, the O'Malley versus Cheeto fight, you know, because there's there's this awesome backstory because I don't know if you know, this is your weight class, so you probably don't give a shit. You're probably just thinking, I want to fight these guys. But uh, Cheeto Vera and Jimmy Rivera have a lot of beef. And the reason why I was telling him is because Cheeto or Jimmy Rivera was supposed to fight Brian Caraway. And then on fight week, uh, Brian Caraway pulls out. They give the fight to Cheeto Vera. So Cheeto Vera, you know, he signs the dotted line. He's good to go. And at the time, you know, Cheeto Vera's big goal was to, you know, save up money for his daughter's surgery. And then his next goal was to save up so he could move his family from Ecuador to the United States. So anyways, Jimmy Rivera on fight week says, I'm not fighting this guy because I don't want to hurt a guy that's trying to help out his daughter or whatever, which was like that pissed off. Cheeto to a point where Cheeto was like, dude, I want to fuck this guy up. So ever since 2017 to now, they have this massive beef. And I feel like now that he beat O'Malley, now we can look at these top 10 guys like Jimmy Rivera and they got the longstanding beef. So I think it's a good fight, Cody. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. Uh, you know, Jimmy Rivera, man, he's a freaking beast, bro. He's solid, uh, durable, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a hell of a fight. And uh, I, I think I would take Jimmy Rivera in that fight. Yeah, no, I mean, he was favored the times they were matched up. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens. But, uh, Cody, I know you saw the fights last night. Uh, we'll talk about the main event in a sec. But, you know, your weight class, Bantamweight, obviously you made your debut two weeks ago. How do you feel about looking in the future seeing what these top 15 guys look like? I mean, they're solid, you know. Um, there's some things you can take away from watching high-level fights like that. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely – watching and uh you know seeing how i can learn from it you know what i mean yeah no doubt about it and it's funny because they call you so you have your nfc fight versus john sweeney right which was like you know a month ago at this point and after that fight the night of the fight i text you i was like hey keep your phone on because that was a ufc level performance be expecting a call two days later you got that call now i'm wondering man because like that john sweeney fight going into it i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you man i was thinking like hey that's a pick em fight. That's a 50-50 fight. That's going to be this fucking three-round war. You go out there, you smash him in under 90 seconds. So, firstly, did you expect to put him away like that? And secondly, did you know the UFC call was going to come so quick? Well, think about it this way, man. You see you see his past fights. You see, you see me fight the guys he's fought. And, uh, you know, you see little Dave Morgan take him down like four or five times in the first round, four or five times in the second round. And dude, I felt Dave Morgan's strength. Like it was a, it was a, like I knew I was gonna smash him. And uh, you know, you can you can take things away from watching how how they did versus other opponents, you know, and uh, versus uh, you know your strengths and weaknesses. And I knew that my strength was gonna be way better than his right hand. So. So, okay, so you finished that fight, then a week later is your UFC debut. But before we talk about the UFC debut, I mean, I know after a win, like, dude, you've been dieting, you've been doing all these fucking things. Like, 
Were you stuffing your face? Were you drinking some beer? Were you eating some wings uh, on the week before the call? Dude, every every day, man. I like to engorge after a fight, man. Uh, just eat what I want, do what I want, drink what I want. And uh, that's definitely what I was doing. And, you know, uh, I told myself I was going to get back to the gym Saturday. And uh, I was on the way. And I got the call. And I was like, fuck, I just drank a shitload of Jack Daniels last night. <laughs> and then... And then, uh, you know, but my mentality, kill or be killed, um, it's got to change soon because at this level, man, uh, it's a chess match. And uh, I got to learn to pull back and and really uh, know when to go and when to slow down. So, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, they didn't give you some cupcake for your UFC debut. They gave you Chris Gutierrez, who's universally considered to be the hardest kicker in the Bantamweight division besides Marlon Moraes, right? And not only that, he's on he was on a three-fight win streak in the UFC when you fought him. Yeah. And you guys looked like you were separated by a weight class. I mean, this is the guy, his last fight prior to you, where he leg-kicked TKO, the guy was at 145 pounds. Yeah. You're, you're a guy that's fought at 125 before. So... Like, how did you kind of like, you know, put all the bullshit aside and just know like, hey, this is what I'm here to do. Let's get down to work. Uh, man, I just I just told myself uh, it is what it is. And uh, you just got to get in there and, and give it your best, you know, uh, especially when all the odds, all the odds are, are not in your favor. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I, I fought and trained with some of the best guys in the world. And, uh, you know, I kept telling y'all I know where I stand. And, you know, obviously I didn't get the result I wanted uh, two weeks ago. But, man, if you're, if you're still counting me out, then then you, you need to take a step back and realize that, you know, uh, I can hang with the best of them. So I feel you there. And, I mean, Jamar, I know that you all two have sparred plenty of times. We've all been in the gym together. I mean, how inspiring is it that, you know, you see someone in your same weight class who fought in the same regional scene as you, make it to the big show and you know that this is your last amateur fight coming up you know that one day you're going to follow the same same footsteps absolutely i mean first off i just want to start off by saying cody you already knows this too like he's always been a guy i've looked up to inside and outside of the gym cage whatever it is you know uh if you go on my instagram i have pictures with the guy from three four years ago i have you know i think he's, he's fucking awesome dude you know and then to see him in the ufc you know it's it's really inspiring, and that's something I wanted to touch on, too, when we were talking earlier. Uh, it's really, really inspiring, like I said, for me to see a guy that I've trained with before that's that's given me advice, that's, that's talked to me about more than just fighting, you know what I mean? See him in the UFC, yeah. not only be in the UFC, like you said, all the, like he said, all the odds weren't in his favor. Like you said, they looked like they were in two different weight classes, yet he's still able to go out here and showcase what he, why he belongs in the UFC. I thought that was a, a perfect performance for your debut, especially to take it on a week notice, bro. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very inspiring and very motivating for me, man, to see to see anybody from Georgia, um, anybody from Georgia get the call to the UFC, let alone in my weight class, let alone somebody I train with, and let alone somebody I actually look up to in this fight game. There's not many people that you that I personally look up to, but Cody, you're definitely one of those guys. Keep up the great work, man. I appreciate it, man. And at the end of the day, dude, you just got to fight, man. You know, I, I lost two in a row. I was four. No, I lost two in a row. 
uh, I really, I didn't slow down, man. I was still looking for fights and, uh, you know, you have to take what people say through one ear and out the other when it comes to, you know, like, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. Dude, look, look at, look at who I fought when I was six and two. I fought a guy who was 0 and seven, you know, everybody knew I was going to fuck him up. But dude, this is this is a game of numbers, and uh, at the end of the day, you do what's best for for you, and you don't worry about what what anybody has to say about you. You know what I mean? As long as your family loves you and your bills are getting paid, and who gives a fuck? You know? So yeah. just uh, just keep fighting, man. You know? I gotta know how hard does Chris Gutierrez kick? Because I mean, like I said, considered to be the hardest kicker besides Marlon Marais in that weight class. Ah, uh, man. Fucking, my leg was on fire, you know. <laughs> uh, but you know, I still, you know, I still was able to walk. So uh, I didn't tear anything, and uh, I just had a contusion. I had an MRI done, and I had a contusion on my knee. And uh, man, I'm back training. Uh, you know, I just, I just went to Helix uh, down the street and did some nogi tonight for uh, an hour and a half straight. So. Uh, yeah, man, I'm still training and uh, got to improve, got to level up, you know? Is that kind of like what the UFC experience did for your mindset? I mean, I know you've always been wanting to, like, evolve no matter what. That's just what you do. But, like, did this kind of, like, reinforce that, hey, there's no time to take, you know, breaks or vacations. We got to get right to the grindstone. Yeah, I mean, it, it – you know, even though I didn't, I didn't lose this fight or win this fight, I still took something from it. And that's what I needed, man. You know, I, I needed to take – take something from these fights uh and that's what you do every time you fight man you gotta take something and you know this this whole last week uh you know i started working on it and uh and that that's how we're gonna improve you know work on my weaknesses hell yeah well jamar uh, i'm gonna let you go my bro anything anything you gotta tell cody anything you gotta tell the fans uh anything else cody let's start working soon man of course that's, oh yeah we've already talked uh, about it uh, I'm about to be uh, fighting full time, so um, you know, training full time, and uh, fucking come through, bro. We 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 got a squad, you know. The the results speak for themselves, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll definitely take you up on that offer very soon, very very soon. Yeah, so, no problem, bro. Um, hey, good luck on your fight, bro. Is that two weeks? Two weeks, thirteen days, man. We're knocking this guy's head off. Okay, so what what about your opponent? What's he? What do you know about him? He's a wrestler. He's a he's a dead man walking. He's a dead man walking. Um, no, but in all seriousness, man, he's a he's a power wrestler. He's gonna try to just grab me and slam me. But yeah, that's not gonna happen, man. I'm gonna and then you're gonna go him. pro after this fight. Right after this fight, yes, sir. Hell yeah! So everybody, make sure seven you're... and one after this, eight and one. Uh, seven and zero, oh, baby. Seven and zero. Oh. Oh. Yes, sir. Oh, nice. That's what's up, bro. Yes, seven zero oh, and yeah. one. Seven there you oh, go. One, yeah. Hey, man, uh, you know, just build yourself up, bro. You know, don't yes, don't sir. be taking no stupid fucking fights, you know. That's what build I'm here for. Up, you yes, know? sir. Yes, don't, sir. It don't matter what nobody thinks. You know, do what's best for you. That's right. I appreciate that, man. No problem. Yeah. Well, Jamar, appreciate your time. Good luck in your fight. You already know the deal. Best fight management. Jamar, the rock star, Whitehead. This is my 21-year-old phenom. Last amateur fight coming up, about to go pro afterwards. And uh, look out for him to be in the UFC bandwidth division very soon. August 29th, live on Flow Combat, NFC 126. 
at the District Atlanta. Make sure you guys tune in because this is going to be one of the most brutal knockouts you've ever seen, guaranteed. One of the best shows you've ever seen. It is the Rockstar Hour. It is the Rockstar Show. The return of the Rockstar. Let's fucking go. I'll talk to you guys later. You guys take it easy. All right, bro. I'll be there. I'll be there. Thanks, bro. I, I, that means a lot. Take it easy, guys. Talk to you soon, right, Jamar. Right. So, Cody. So, firstly, fans, let us know if you got any any questions for Cody Durden, UFC Bantamweight. So, David wants to know. He says, Cody, when's your next fight? When can you be allowed to fight again? I know you're hungry. Uh, I, I don't really know when my next fight is right now. Uh, we have uh, – I have talked to my management and uh, – you know, we're, we're looking to go to 125 uh, for the next fight. And uh, if it happens, if, if Mick allows it, then cool. If not, then it'll be 135. And uh, I'm hoping to get in there October, November. Uh, it'd, be a, it'd be an honor to fight, you know, October 24th on the Justin Gaethje card. You know, that would be uh, awesome because I really look up to that guy. And uh, I'm allowed to fight tomorrow if I need to. You know, I had a, well, actually, I, I'm suspended for 30 days, so I got two weeks, I guess, a week or two left. Okay. So. so for you to make, like, 125, I mean, for anyone to make 125, like, literally, the cut to 25 is, like, on the brink of your body fat, so you'd have to do everything perfectly. So in addition to, like, you know, having the right nutrition and things like that, would you actually seek out some help from the PI? Because I feel like they're really good at helping the athletes get on point with the weight cut. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, working with Trifecta and uh, Clint with the UFC. Uh, dude, there's no doubt about it, man. I ate three full meals on Thursday. Uh, actually, I ate four meals on Thursday, and I woke up a pound over. I sat in the damn sauna for 10 minutes and, and was like, wow, you know. And uh, they they have a plan for me, and we talked about 125. And uh, he's like, yeah, bro. Uh, you're a one twenty. You got a one twenty five body. So, uh, you know, I work with all these athletes. I know what they weigh, and you're the exact same as the one twenty five ers So, uh, let's make it happen, and that's what we're gonna do. Like in normal times, is it tough for you to like you know recover the night after a wake up to twenty fives? Because again, that's the most brutal wake up in the game. Uh, man, I haven't done it in like over a year, so. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't really know yet, but I'll let you know, you know, uh, but working with trifecta, uh, you know, having your meals there, uh, on time, they're letting you know what to eat, what you need to weigh, how much you need to drink. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that, you know? And so, uh, hopefully, hopefully everything goes well. What's this like PI like? Because I hear they have like tests that literally like you can find out anything about yourself, shit that you didn't even know that people measure. Like, just just tell us firsthand what that UFC Performance Institute is like. Man, they have everything, dude. Uh, and you know, I get I get massage massages, uh, the chiropractor, um, you know, recovery methods anything they have all them every machine i mean it's insane and uh what they'll do is a strength and conditioning research on you and they'll see how you compare with the rest of the of the division whether that's flyweight or bantamweight you know uh they might see how, how much my max bench press is or how fast i run the 40 or uh 
you know, there's no telling, you know, because I haven't done it yet. But uh, it's all these tests. If you're going to go get tested, it takes about a week. Uh, they even they even let you know when your body uh, say, you know, you're hungry and they let you know if your body's burning fats first or carbs first. I mean, it's all a science. And, uh, that's something I'm really, really interested in and learning more about, you know, the body and my body and specifically my body and how it works, you know, and, uh, where I need to improve, you know? Yeah. So, and even if, even if, if I need to go to 125, you know, so, We'll find out, and uh, me and Diego and uh, Tony Martin, we're going to go down for a week. We we don't have a specific, uh, specific date yet, but we're going to go down for a week in the next few months, and uh, we're going to get the test done. Hell yeah. Well, that sounds like a great idea. And I also heard their uh, recovery like tools and systems are world-class as well. Oh, oh, man. They got all kind of machines. I mean, this building is bigger than Walmart, you know? <laughs> and, and it has... Oh, uh, well, I didn't get to see it. I even heard it had an altitude uh, room where you can train in, in, in altitude. And uh, it's just insane. And, you know, they treat you so well. I mean, how often can you just walk into a gym and say, I want a deep tissue massage for an hour? And you for get free. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, exactly. You don't, you don't have to pay for it. It was earned, but you don't have to pay for it. So that's, that's freaking uh, insane. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And I mean, to like go from the NFC, which I mean, is the best, you know, Southeast regional promotion in the game, but to go from that two weeks later, you're all of a sudden in the big show. I mean, was it at all like a, like a reality shock for you at all? Or did you kind of not even pay attention to that and kept your head on the swivel? Man, it was so exciting. It was so excited. I was so excited, man you know, to, to know that I'm 29 years old and everything I've done since I was 23, you know, I've sacrificed so much for this and, and people don't even know the half of it, you know, and I would like to tell that story one day. Uh, you know, I, I quit a job making, uh, I made 75,000 a year at this job and then I quit it and got a less paying job just so I could train, you know, just so I could train more. And uh, I, I moved my family an hour from where we were. I sold our, we sold our house and we moved here just for the gym, you know. Uh, I remember one time and I had a fight lined up in 2016. And I was so dedicated and so selfish that I, that I, missed, I missed my wife's birthday dinner uh, because I had to practice because I didn't want to lose. I do regret that. But I, it's something that, you know... Uh, that I felt I needed to do at the time, even though it was wrong. I do still regret that, but I missed her birthday dinner with, with all her family and my family was there and, and they're like, where's Cody? Oh, he's training, you know? And, and I never go to any of my friends, kids, birthday parties I, I, on, on Saturdays. Cause I always feel like, like, I'm sorry, I, I got to train, you know what I mean? So the sacrifices I've made, uh, and everything that led up to it really, uh, freaking, I was excited, man. You know, it finally paid off for me. So, that, that's just those are those are small stories of what I've sacrificed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So we got a question from 
final escape. He says, Cody, after you won the first round 10-8 versus Gutierrez, was it a cardio thing the next two rounds, or did Chris make adjustments? And and do you think you did enough to win the fight? Uh, well, you know, I, I held him in a in a body triangle, my legs around him for four and a half minutes. And uh, you couldn't see it because it went to a commercial break. But when I stood up, uh, I kind of stumbled twice, and then I noticed. I said, "Oh shit, my legs are 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 fatigued," you know. And and that's a little inside, uh, you know. I knew my legs were fatigued, and I sat on the stool, and I was like, "Oh shit, how 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 am I going to be able to avoid these leg kicks now?" You know, my legs are fatigued. And then you know, I took them down. You got to be very specific, you know. I took them down in the first round with a single leg to a double leg. And then the next two shots I took in the second round were double legs. So why the fuck would I go back to the easiest one to, to, to defend is a double leg. That's the first thing you learn when you start wrestling is how to defend a double leg when, you, when you're talking defense. And uh, I went back, you know, I shot two double legs when I should have went back to the single leg. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know I won the first round 10-8. I was thinking, okay, 1-0. That's what I told myself. But I have to be more specific like that, you know. I should be thinking. I should have been thinking 10-8. Okay, pull back some. Circle around. Make them chase you a little bit. And then and then start to work again. But, you know, you live, you learn, and you make it. You make adjustments, and uh, you come back stronger now, you know. Uh, did Chris make adjustments, or do you think you, you did enough to win the fight? Uh, and... I don't, I don't know if I did enough to win the fight, but, uh, you know, because the second and third round were close. I believe it was the right call. I believe it was, a, it was the right call on the draw. Uh, I think if I would have stayed on top the last 40 seconds when I took him down and landed some strikes, that I would have won that fight. Instead, I got caught in an arm bar and, and uh, had to, you know, get out of the out arm bar and, uh, you know that that's what made him win that round. So, uh, well, what do you quick. think? What do you think, Levi? Yeah. Did, did he did he hit you with the element of surprise? Firstly, with that armbar, because like that's the last thing I think when we're scouting the film on a guy like Gutierrez, we're not expecting you know shit like that. So, did that kind of catch you off guard? No, I mean, I I gave I gave him space, man. Like I took him down. The first thing I'm trying to do is strike on him when I should have really settled in and got a good position, whether that's posturing up or or uh, passing his guard, or, or just stay tight right there, you know? And uh, I made a mistake and tried to strike my right hand. He put his foot on my hip. I didn't clear it fast enough, and then, boom, I'm in arm bars. Like, damn, you know what I mean? And I think a lot had to do with uh, fatigue, uh, you know, being tired. You can't you can't get in there with a guy that's 15 and 3 and has, has a fucking full training camp. When you fought A, fought two weeks ago, and then B, drank beer all week and had fun and, and really celebrated afterwards, you know? So it is what it is, and, uh, you know, it's going to go down in history now. <laughs> hey, you're still undefeated in the UFC, so it is what it is, man. Hey, so David wants to know, Cody, what is your cheat meal on those cheat days, and how many do you uh, give yourself? Man, I love some damn hot wings. I love some damn hot wings with some fries and ranch, and I like them extra wet. I like it wet. 
Hey, let me ask you this, man, because like I've heard of some fighters, I, and I, I don't think that this is actually you know weight cut approved, but like I heard that some fighters have been trying out you know the baked wings these days instead of fried. But like I feel like it's still gonna fuck you up no matter what. Man, I I'm not trying no baked wings. <laughs> We're gonna eat hot wings. We're gonna eat some damn hot wings, and I eat ten to twenty of them if you're at. It, it, yeah, 10 to 20 of them. <laughs> I feel you there, man. Uh, Eric says, so he says, Cody Durden, a star in Fight Club 2. Have you been hearing Tyler Durden references your whole life? Yeah, pretty much since I started fighting. You know, uh, Tyler Durden, he's a bad motherfucker. And, uh, you know, I like that movie. So, Hell yeah. Nico says, Cody, do you ever have time to party? If so, how often do you have free time? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I have I have time to party and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty grounded though. Uh, you know, I have a wife and two kids and, uh, my party's a little different, you know, my party's sitting on the couch, watching the fight and drinking some beer and, and, and talking to my wife about, about fighting because she loves, she loves to watch it. And, and, uh, we, that's what we do, you know, or have a few friends over at the house. So, uh, I have free time, you know, pretty much after training on the weekends. That's about it. You know? So. Yeah. Uh, David also said, what's the biggest takeaway of the last fight if you didn't answer this already? Man, get your cardio up, you know, get your cardio up and, and really just work more, you know, do, do, I, I got to get smarter, you know, and, and it comes with cage time. And, you know, a lot of times people, are, these guys are winning fights, man, you got to be smart, you know. And I think I, I pushed the pace a little too hard, which led to me uh, getting seriously fatigued and uh, just being more aware of, of, of where you're at in the fight and uh, what you got to do to win the fight. You know, I can. OK, so I just already I explained, you know, why would I try to take him down with a double leg twice when I took him down the first time with a single leg, you know, so. So real quick though, okay. So I mean, when you say you know work on your cardio, I mean, but like you still run your miles, like you still you know do your sprints, you still do the whole bit. So like, what exactly do you got to do to take it to that next level? More muscle endurance, uh, muscle endurance. Uh, so I have to I have to pick up the weights more. Okay, gotcha, so, gotcha. Like CrossFit, you know, that's what I've been doing all week. Okay. Well, that's good. You're addressing it right off the bat. That's uh, that's important. I mean, that's that's the sign of a true professional. So, UFC bro picks. What's up, Justin? He says, Cody, who do you want to fight next? Also, I bet on you versus Gutierrez, and you showed you're the real deal. Can't wait for your next fight. And just so you know, I'm sure you know this, but in case you don't know, anyone that bet on you, they didn't lose. They got their money back. It's, it's right. a push. Just so you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm not sure. You know, I'm I'm brand new in the UFC. And, uh, you know, right now I'm just focusing on, on what I need to do to improve. And, uh, we'll see, you know, my main goal is, uh, is to get a win in the UFC and, you know, Daniel, you know, me, you know, once it starts popping off and, and, you know, I, I start getting some wins, getting some confidence in the UFC, you know, you're going to, y'all, y'all will see a, a, a entertainer. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely a very momentum-based guy. Like once you get on a streak, it's it's gonna go up. So I definitely know what you're saying. And last thing I want to talk to you about with your fight, and then we'll talk a little bit about the fights last night. So I heard Dana White dug your fight. Is that true? I heard I heard he had some nice things to say. 
You heard Dana White what? I heard he liked your fight. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, or heard anything about it. If, uh, if you saw it or heard about it, man, let me know because I'd love to see. But uh, I know he, he was smiling when you know I, I was telling you know uh, Chris like, you think I came here to fucking lose? You're wrong, you know. Uh, you ready to fucking wrestle? All you got is a leg kick, you know. We about to fucking fight now. And, uh, you know, I, I was just trying to, you know, uh, get in his head a little bit or, you know, talk a little shit to him. Just trying to make it intriguing to watch. A good a good fight to watch, you know. So, uh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So before I let you go, tell, tell me about what you thought about this main event between Stipe and DC, man. It seemed like uh like stipe really embraced the the grind and he pushed that pace and you know it almost seemed like dc was trying to pace himself a little bit because normally it's dc that pushes such a hard pace that we've noticed in these five round fights when it gets to the later rounds even against you know jones and gustafson and stipe the last time he tends to slow down a bit because that that style he has is so damn taxing yesterday it seemed like he was trying to pace himself but i felt like that actually let uh stipe go out there and out volume him and outwork him yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't think, uh, didn't think Cormier really showed that he wanted it. You know, uh, if you watch the second fight and even the first fight, he's walking them down and they're damn hitting each other. You know what I mean? I saw a calm, two nice, uh, like they were friends, and and uh, yeah, man. I mean, the eye poke was serious though. I mean, that was a serious eye poke you could see in the replay. Uh, but I just felt I just felt like Stipe is the bigger, stronger guy. Uh, I don't think he hits harder, but his game plan of, of really driving him to the fence and holding him against the fence when in the clinch was, was excellent, man. And, uh, you know, he imposed his will on, on Daniel, so – yeah, he really did, man. And it's uh, awesome to see Stipe finally getting the respect he deserves. And I say finally, which, like, he should have gotten the respect a long time ago because, as you know, you know, this is a guy that uh, beat, you know, Junior Dos Santos, Francis Ngannou, uh, Daniel Cormier, Fabricio Werdum. He dethroned Fabricio Werdum. So he's arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's won the belt twice and defended each time on each title reign. So that's some Hall of Fame shit right there, Cody. Yeah, six uh, title defenses, right? Or six yeah. uh, title wins, yeah, yes. something like that. Uh, I, man, I'm I'm very interested in seeing John Jones go up to heavyweight and fight him. Man, I really am. You know, he's tall. He's uh he's got got the length. Uh, and you know, I think they they pretty much weigh the same two thirty five two two thirty six or two thirty. I mean, they're gonna be about the same size in there, you know? So I don't know why he wouldn't want to go to a heavyweight and, and claim that belt as well. You know, uh, I guess it's a money issue, but you know, uh, I think it'd be a smart move for him. You know, who you got in a fight like that, man, I would have to take Jones. Yeah. You know? I think I think his I think his striking uh, is a little bit better, you know. Yeah. And those those little sideways leg kicks when 
Stipe comes forward are, are going to get aggravating, you know, <laughs> aggravating, and, and it'll really take you out of your out of your game. Now, real so. quick, just to go back to your fight real quick, because I just thought about this. Uh, you actually threw a couple calf kicks at uh, Chris Gutierrez, which I actually thought was pretty ballsy. Was it kind of like in the moment you saw it, or going into there where you kind of like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that at him just to see his reaction," or what? Because like, because like thinking about it, if I'm telling you, "Oh, the game plan is to trade kicks with Gutierrez," that's like a death wish. But like, you mixed it in effectively, and you didn't pay for it. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, dude, I landed some nice kicks on him as well, and uh, I, it's just I I do I I I kick the calves as well. You know, if you watch my fights, Sweeney. Uh, Dre Miley, uh, a lot of guys I fought, I've calf kicked them. So, uh, fits right in with my game plan as well. But like you were saying, man, I don't know how the fuck that dude kicks so hard, but dude, he's got a hell of a kick, you know, even when he was landing with his toes, barely landing on my shin when I was pulling him back, that motherfucker burned like hell, you know? And, uh, even when I was checking the kicks, some of the kicks, man, I mean, he, he's got a hell of a kick on him, dude. And I was still feeling, you know, the kick. But at the same time, dude, if this guy would have reached for my legs or tried anything in the first round when I had his back, I promise you I would have finished him. But you can't finish somebody when they just want to sit and turtle up, you know. So... Yeah, smart, smart move by him because, uh, you know, he probably doesn't want to get choked, you know, so I, I don't blame him for that. So uh, UFC Brofix says he wants to see you versus Aaron Phillips. And in case you I'll don't... fuck him up. I will <laughs> fuck him up, dude. I you, know, you know who he is? Uh, yeah, I know who he is. I will fuck him up. Just know that, you know. His 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 ground game isn't nothing. I mean, even his stand-up. I'll fuck that dude up. Y'all got a common opponent. Uh, Y'all both beat Devontae Sewell. Yeah, yeah. Devontae's tough, man. He's he's tough, but at the same time, you know, a guy like him, no kids, uh, freaking, he, he needs he needs to really reach out and, and get the leverage that he needs. And when I say leverage, he needs to, you know, go go to a gym that's that's going to propel him there, you know. Yeah, um, I heard uh, that Aaron Phillips' decision was controversial as hell. I hear everyone thought Devontae won, and then yours was a 30-27. But every every fight is different, but just uh, throwing that out there. So real quick. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know yeah. That. I, it was like, uh, so Phillips is from Louisiana, so Devontae went to Louisiana to fight him, and I heard it was like the biggest hometown robbery we've ever seen. Like I heard it was total bullshit. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. But Aaron Phillips just got Oh, go ahead. Stand-up fight. Um, yeah, no, I heard Devonte even took him down and shit and still lost. I know, right? <laughs> like took his back and everything and they gave him a nice little split decision loss. You know, you know how that shit goes, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. But, uh, yeah, you saw Philip UFC debut versus Jack Shore actually got uh, choked out in the second round, but you never know. I mean, uh, Oh, Oh, and one versus Oh, and one, they might, they might match y'all up next. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but the plan is to go to flyweight. So, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the goal now. But you know, I fought thirty five and twenty five. I think twenty five is the the better move for me. But at the same time, man, I, I just got to keep fighting and uh, I got to win. So. 
I feel you. Well, before you go to flyweight, you're currently at Bantamweight. Last night in the co-main event of the evening, we had Marlon Chito Vera finishing Sean O'Malley in the first round. Now, a lot of people are discrediting that win, but as you know, since you just fought one of the hardest kickers in the division, uh, you know those calf kicks are no flukes whatsoever. So what do you take away from uh, from Vera's win? Uh, I, I thought it was a, a good win, you know. I, I would have... Just like you and just like me, I would have liked to see more, though. You know what I mean? I would have liked to see more. Uh, it sucks for O'Malley. But, uh, yeah, that's part of the fight game. And, uh, you know, when you get hurt like that, uh, I don't know how he got hurt or what's hurting or what, what the injury was. You know, have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I saw it. No, has it came out yet? Oh, oh no! But like, if you saw his fight against Sukumtut, like he fucked up his leg there too. So like, for me, I was kind of making a joke earlier. Like, my boy O'Malley needs to start drinking milk. You know, he's gotta get some calcium in them bones, man. Because like, for that shit to happen twice, like, like people are calling it a fluke, but to me, it's super alarming. Because like, what's gonna happen if he fights a guy like Chris Gutierrez and that guy kicks his leg? And then you talk about the top of the division, a guy like Marlon Moraes kicking his leg. I feel like, dude. The shit's going to happen over and over again. The only guys that O'Malley's been styling on are guys that didn't even touch him one time in the fights. So basically it's a you know risk-free fight. But anytime any adversity has been presented to him, shit got sketchy every time. And this time against the top 10, top 15 guy in Marlon Vera, he didn't let him off the hook whatsoever. So Because like you, I know you remember that Sukumta fight where like, O'Malley fucked up his leg, but everyone criticized Sukumta for just, you know, laying on him and not making him get back up so he could, you know, finish the fight. Whereas when Vera got on top, it was Elbow City. So Vera's got that killer instinct. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. But uh, it just, I would like to see, I would have liked to see more, you know. But, uh, you know, injuries happen. And uh, it just sucks for O'Malley, really, you know. But he'll bounce back. I mean, he was looking solid before that happened. Real solid, you know? Yeah. So, But the thing is, like, should we expect something like that to happen again since it's happened twice? Like, if this was the first time, I'd be like, hey, you know, shit happens. But, like, since it happened twice, I'm kind of like, dude, like, is there something else going on here? Yeah, I mean, I guess we need to wait for the, you know, the results to come back on on what exactly uh, the problem is, you know? Yeah. And, uh if it if it if it's the same thing, it could have been anything in that that foot or leg, you know. Could have been something totally different. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see, you know. And uh, he'll have to he'll he'll have to damn really really stay on top of that, you know. Stay on yeah. top of that foot and that injury and and continue to get it stronger. So. Yeah. No, I feel like next opponent's going to come out there, first strike of the fight, calf kick, you know what I mean, just to test it. Like I feel like people are going to target that. Like as, as soon as they start watching tape on him and start game planning, they're going to be targeting that all fucking day because, like, I mean, yeah. that just seems like a huge, like, red flag slash weakness to me right now just based off those two fights. Yeah, yeah so uh, how have your uh, – how did your fight picks do last night? Great. Last night I went 2-0, and uh, one on Jerzinho Rosenstrike. And then I had a parlay with Marab and Verna Janjiroba. So shit went my way uh, last night. I'm glad I'm glad you asked me on a winning night. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, shit went yeah, well. So you do. Oh, go ahead. Cody Durden versus Montel Jackson. So this is interesting. We'll talk about that in a sec. But what were you about to ask me about the picks? So you, you've been doing pretty well? 
Yeah, I mean, overall, like in terms of like my six year sample size, yeah, I mean, this year has been a little slower because like a bunch of fights got canceled, months got canceled from the year. So I'm doing a little catch up, but like long term, we're getting the dubs. Nice, nice, bro. I, I, I love betting. Like, you know, I'm usually betting one or two, uh, one or two fights every week. So, uh, hasn't worked out very well for me but the last three weeks it's been it's been good so oh yeah who'd you bet last night i took pen panita oh nice you say his name i took him to go over two and a half then i took sean o'malley to go over i think it was two and a half and then i took cormier to go over two and a half so uh i did i went two and one so wait did was, panita uh, go over two and a half uh yeah the the guy who uh was it Herbert Burns yeah well no I think it was one and a half I'm not oh, one sure. and a half okay yeah yeah I was about I, to say I know I, I know I won on two and I lost uh the O'Malley one so okay got you got yeah. you nice so nice shit. pretty good so Abdul says he wants to see you and Montel Jackson so let me before you answer this let me preface this so as we know Montel Jackson has some huge physical tools. I mean, he's got the massive reach. He's got hands bigger than Ngannou. No, no exaggeration. He's a, he's a huge dude. But if you saw his last fight with Brett Johns, like he was better everywhere than Brett Johns, but literally Brett Johns just wanted it more outworked him, pin him up against the fence and neutralized him completely. So there's a fucking path to victory there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about that guy. Uh, I really don't. Uh, so I mean, whoever they give me, man, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, let me get some wins or, or you know, my, my goal is to stay in the UFC and uh, we'll get shit popping off for sure. And you know this. I do so. know this. I do know this. Especially after that Sweeney performance, Combat Sports 6 says he loves Cody's mindset. Don't we all? Don't we all? So, Cody, before I let you go, uh, so, man, how'd you see that Pineda fight going, man? Like, because I actually thought it was going to be one back take from Herbert Burns. The fight was going to be over shortly after that level of jujitsu. But the fact that, dude, he beautifully escaped that back take. Yeah. So this is what I did. I looked at their previous opponents. I looked at their record. I looked at, uh, and man, all I saw was round one, round one, round one. And on both, on both sides, you know? So I said, so I said to myself, if they're, both finishing uh, their opponents in round one, uh, I think they're going to neutralize each other out. And uh, that's exactly what you saw. But then when I started watching the fight in the first round, I was like, oh, my God, that was a stupid bet. These guys are about to knock each other out or submit each other, you know, because they were, they were going at it. And then I was like, okay, okay. And it got a little better for me, a little better for me. And I was like, I started getting more confident. And then I was like, yes, you know, I'm counting down the seconds. I'm like, hell yeah, 10 seconds left. I won that bet. <laughs> so it just, the bets, the betting makes it, uh, you know, I'm not going to bet over my head, but I'm going to bet a little bit to make it interesting, more interesting to me. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't risk more than you can afford to lose. And, you know, just keep, just keep it fun. You know what I mean? And, that's basically what it's all about. But, yeah, no, sharp call, man, because, uh, you know, Pineda's a guy that, like, interestingly enough, he's got 29 wins and 29 finishes. He's still never won a decision his entire career, and he's already had over 40 pro fights. So it's pretty – like, it's a unique situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I didn't know he had 29 finishes. That's insane, dude. I know, bro. Every time he wins, he finishes. And, like, 
I almost felt like Herbert was showing him a little bit too much respect going into this fight because Herbert was actually in his interviews. He was saying stuff like uh, uh, Daniel Pineda is more dangerous than Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, the champ. And I completely understand showing your opponent, you know, respect and not underestimating him. But I almost felt like he was showing him a little bit too much respect. And uh, then comes in, misses weight by like three pounds. I don't know, man. It was a bad look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if he felt that way, uh, then he knew he was in for a hard fight. And, uh, you know, that that's that must have been his mindset, you know, going into training camp. Like, dude, I got a fucking hard fight. I need to be training hard. You know what I mean? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're scared. It just, uh, you know, it's the mindset you have when you know you want to do everything that you're supposed to be doing uh, leading up to the fight. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. So every time, every time I'm... Every time I have a fight, you know, uh, you know, I'm telling myself, dude, this this dude's good. You know what I mean? He's he's one of the best guys I fought, and I just tell myself that so that you know I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, uh, leading up to the fight. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Cody, I really appreciate your time. I'm gonna get you out of here, man. All the fans can follow you on Twitter at Cody underscore Durden on Instagram at Cody Durden. And man, you said you're trying to make that flyweight debut. Um, if you want to call any people out, uh, you know, Mark De La Rosa, that's a guaranteed win for you. Tim Elliott's got a little bit of a bigger name, but I think you win that fight too. Ryan Benoit, that's definitely those three names. I think you should call those guys out. Get yourself set up on the right path. Yeah, man. Uh, Tim Elliott, dude. I mean, he's he's got the name, and uh, that'd be a great fight, you know. Uh, but yeah. Let's do it, bro. And I appreciate you uh, inviting me on, you know, first oh, yeah. time, right? I know, right? Like, we've been meaning to do this for a long time, so I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me, bro. We'll do it again soon. I know the fans really appreciate it. And best of luck to you, man. Rooting for you, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. I'll see you around, all right? Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Cody. Peace out, man. There you guys have it. Cody Durden, UFC Bantamweight. Really cool guy. From Atlanta, you know we got to represent our hometown guys. And also shout out to my boy, Jamar the Rockstar Whitehead, who uh, was up here with us too. So now let's finish this out. So Jerzino Rosenstrike versus Junior Cigano Dos Santos. So I cashed on Rosenstrike. And basically, man, I was getting kind of frustrated with that fight. I even tried to do my little reverse jinx, be like minus however much on Rosenstrike props to Junior. But like as soon as I tweet it, he knocks him out. You know what I mean? So MMA betting guys, I truly appreciate y'all looking out for me. But you don't want to violate the reverse jinx. You don't want to overuse it. You know what I mean? You got to do it at just the right time. And I felt like I did it at just the right time because that first round was going too slow for my liking. You know what I mean? Like I felt like uh, Junior actually looked pretty good because he didn't take any clean punches, but he looked pretty good that first round. You know, he came in, in significantly better shape than he did for his Curtis Blades fight where I, I thought he was getting a little fat there. And I didn't like the finish where, you know, he got hit with a hard punch stand and just covered up, let the ref intervene. So I was like, man, he doesn't have it upstairs or right here anymore to, you know, compete at the highest level. But that first round against Jerzino, Jerzino is just, you know, doing the kick returns, which he's known for. And he had one little blitz where he kind of caught a kick, ran him across the octagon with a couple left hooks, beautiful stuff. But it was still too little output for my liking. And I was thinking, man, Junior is going to outpoint him. But then second round, Jerzino was like, all right, fuck this. I got to go forward. Then he cut off the cage, back Junior into the – into the fence and then unloaded, you know, and it's not the first shot that lands with Jerzino. It's the follow-up, you know, you block the first one, then start to drop your hands. The other one comes over the top, put him away. Fight was over right then and there. So I was really happy about that. We talked about Burns and uh, Pineda there with Cody. Yeah, that was a, uh, 
props to all you guys that bet Pineda there because I, I didn't I didn't see it, man. I thought that like, look, this guy's been submitted six times. What's well, a seventh time? This guy's zero and five when fights go to decision. He ain't gonna win a decision. So I just thought one back take the fights over shortly after and. Boy, was that an oversight. Thank God I didn't bet Burns because, man, I would be really pissed off right now. But, like, Pineda – and I, I almost did bet Burns, but, like, when he showed up overweight and when I heard his interviews talking about how Pineda is more dangerous than Volkanovski, I was like, I don't like his mindset. Let's move on. Props to Pineda. Serious vet. Again, like we were talking about with Cheeto and all these other guys, one day these guys will be rewarded for their hard work. And uh, Saturday night, Pineda was rewarded for his hard work. So that was beautiful to see. Marab Devalishvili. I've been waiting to talk about this. I bet on Marab. And people were so, like, headstrong about betting Dodson. I was like, dude, I get that he knocked out the prospect Nathaniel Wood. But, like, going into that Nathaniel Wood fight, I bet Nathaniel Wood. And I knew, hey, the one risk that we got to take here is that, like, Nathaniel Wood is chinny. There's a chance he could get knocked out. And that was a risk I was willing to take, and he got knocked out. Whereas here, there was none of that. I was like, Marab's not chinny at all. Marab's got the best cardio in the division. And John might stuff the first couple takedowns, but he's not going to stuff the rest. And he, he stuffed more than I expected. Yeah, his get-up game is amazing. It's just that you put the pressure on John, and he stops throwing completely. And my favorite part since I bet on Marab was after the first round when Dodson looked at his corner, and he's like, he's just trying to hold me. It was at that point where I was like, yes, I won this bet because he was broken. He didn't want to. He, he's just trying to hang on to me. It's like, dude, like in those clinch breaks, like Marab would tag him with some hard shots and Marab really controlled that fight. And it was truly a beautiful thing to see. So I was fucking happy. Now it's time to see Marab move up to the, you know, top, uh, top 10. You know what I'm saying? Let's see him in there with some top 10 guys. Uh, some people were suggesting the Cheeto fight. Listen, I like the fight, but I feel like Cheeto earned himself a real, like, you know, like, the Jimmy Rivera fight, a top seven guy. Like, you beat O'Malley. O'Malley, that was co-main event of a pay-per-view. That's a huge fight. You deserve another huge fight. So I feel like Cheeto's beyond that. But let's give Marab a big fight next. You know, Marab just beat his first top 15 guy, and let's do it. You know what I mean? All right. So I know I got to talk about Verna Janjiroba before I get out of here. Um, so Madzo said, what up, Broski? How'd the bets go yesterday? They went well. Jerzino Rosenstrike, and then I had a parlay on Marab and uh, Verna Janjiroba. Verna Janjiroba. So this was interesting because when you saw the line, how it was, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, one takedown, the fight's going to be over shortly after. That's how I usually talk about these jujitsu specialists, you know, high-level black belts. You know, when they win fights, that's usually the case for the most part. And I was thinking this is one of those situations. But the risk I was taking was that uh, was that uh, with these chick fights, sometimes they can turn into these like close back and forth split decision fights. So I knew that if I'm laying this kind of price and it turns out to be a close split decision type of fight, I'm going to feel like the world's biggest idiot. So the fact that she went out there and did what she was supposed to do, took her down, finished her right away, like that justified the price and then some. So I was really happy with that. And then parlay with Marab. I had to hear everyone's bullshit about how Dodson was a live dog all fucking week and like trying to make me second guess myself, which I don't do because... I mean, I listen to what people say, but I don't really, I don't really care in terms of like, you know, someone going the opposite way of, of me. Cool, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not supposed to be on the same side as everyone. You need to stand out because, like I said, these big Vegas casinos weren't built with everyone being on the same side. So, yeah. Um, Shark says, "What's up, Dan? Three and one last night. Nice man. I'm glad you got the dub, buddy." Um, Dixon agrees with me. He loves that every year in MMA is the year of the upset exactly you you know exactly what i'm saying every year is the year of the upset uh 
Auto Roadrunner says spinach has four times calcium as milk. Just eat a salad. Yeah, eat some spinach and some milk. He, he needs all the calcium he can get. Maybe even take some calcium uh, tablets. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, you are too much. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Scrolling down to your questions real quick. Uh, all right, what fight am I missing? Uh, Kai Kamaka and uh, Tony Kelly, they put on a hell of a fight. I knew Kai Kamaka was UFC ready. That was really good to see. Kurt wants to see Cheeto versus Marais, but Marais is booked with Sanhagen, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. But I do like that fight as well. Guys, I, I'm having a lot of fun. I got a lot of energy. I can keep this fucking going out for a, uh, for a while, but uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. We've been going an hour and 40 minutes, so I really appreciate you all sticking with me. If you all got any more questions for me, now is the time. Now is the last call. And we're going to get out the way. And honestly, tell, tell me what you all thought about today's show. It was different. I had two guests on. I had uh, you know UFC Bantamweight, Cody Durden good friend of mine and then one of my absolute best friends jamar the rockstar whitehead my 21 year old phenom first fighter i've ever managed truly love that kid he will be in the ufc one day uh soon as well so do y'all want me to have more fighters on or do you want me to just be me like tell me what y'all think because uh i mean i wanted to like you know in the future you know get Bilal on here and you know s some of my other buddies uh that fight in the ufc and stuff and if y'all are cool with that i'm gonna keep doing that if y'all aren't cool with that you're just gonna have to uh you're going to be stuck with me. So whatever the deal is, as long as y'all enjoy this, that's all I care about. So, cause this show is for you guys. You know what I mean? You guys are the reason that I'm still here, you know, half a decade later, still doing this shit, still passionate about this, still love the fights, still, still want to be the best, you know, no matter what the ups and downs are, man. And, uh, you know, with the betting shit, when, when you have a six year sample size, like I do, like, not every uh, week, not every month, not even every year is going to be sunshine and rainbows. But if you can keep that consistency, if you can keep that that passion for the sport and keep trucking forward, year seven, year eight, year nine, year 10, year 20, I'm still in this bitch. You know what I mean? I love this shit. And uh, yeah, so let, let's do it, guys. Uh, all right. A couple more questions. Nico says, just tell me what you think of Costa versus Ad Adesanya. He's absolutely massive. I love that fight. That's the That's one of the best fights to watch all year such a such a great one rob says get nate the train on man that guy's a character i, I love nate the train i bet on him uh, against elkins uh i like that guy I'll, I'll reach out to him i don't know him personally you know the guys i had on today are like friends of mine but i'll definitely reach out to him i'm sure listen i'm an outgoing guy right I, i'm a pretty charismatic guy so i'm sure it doesn't matter that we don't know each other we can have a nice conversation on here uh but guys uh all right, Nico also said Dotson looked hesitant to swing. Yeah, because of that fucking pressure of Marab. Marab never stops. Marab doesn't care what you hit him with. So, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Anything else you got for me, or, or am I good to wrap it up? Nico says, should Dotson retire? No. Hey, how about Dotson versus O'Malley? Well, what about Dotson versus O'Malley? You all like that for O'Malley's bounce back fight? Can he pass that test? Let me know. Comment down below. Tell me what you all think. So, Rob says, do you watch or are a fan of any other predictors? Um, so I don't really watch anybody, um, but I'm shout out to Will Martin, who's had my back for a very long time. I really like that guy a lot. Um, we've met in person too in Vegas. Uh, he, he's a great person. Um, obviously, Rockstar Z is a really nice guy too. The, the guys at Bro Picks. I've always had my back. I like those guys. They're really nice. But as far as actually watching anybody else, I don't. But that's not because I think I'm better than anybody else or that I think anybody else sucks. I just, like, 
just kind of like you know when, when you think about like musicians they don't i, I don't know let, let's not even let's not even go off on this tangent i'm about to go off on I, I just don't really pay attention to what other people are saying i really only pay attention to what i'm saying and what i think because that's all that matters no one else can make decisions for me i'm the only one that can do it so i try not to pay attention to anybody else but yeah there's definitely some nice people in this game and um i try to be as respectful as i can with everybody you know I, that, that's about the extent of it, you know what I mean? Um, Rob says, Impa Kasagana at 4-6 to six to beat Maki Patolo. Is this good odds, yes or no? It's a good question. Um, just depends how, how, like, how big a leap of improvement he can make between now and that last one. And then Maki really, really pissed me off in that Darren Stewart fight. Like, you rock the guy on the feet. You shoot for a takedown, which is what we want. Take him down. He's got no takedown defense. And then you leave your head on the outside to get choked. That was something else. So... Yeah, um, but who pl who tur who plays out to be the better fighter long term? A hundred percent in Kasagana. I mean, I, I see him being in the top ten one day. So uh, yeah, that's uh that, that's pretty much what I think about that. All right, uh, okay, I gotta answer this. Lee said, "What do you think of Danny Chavez?" Oh man, he he did his thing. You know, for a guy taking the fight on short notice, barely any footage of him available. He proved that. He's got the good calf kick game that comes out of that gym, uh, MMA Masters, you know, with Ricardo Lamas and Miguel Baeza. He's a legit black belt, and now we know he's UFC ready. So I was glad to see that. I just wish that I, uh, you know, saw more footage of him so I would have bet him. I only saw like a 10-second knockout. That didn't tell me enough. Maybe I should have just looked at that and been like, okay, let's let's bet him anyways. Let's take a chance. Let's roll the dice. Uh, props to anyone that did bet him. Uh, 802K Mighty says, thanks for the show. Glad I caught it. Thank you so much for uh, catching the show, man. I, I truly appreciate that, my friend. Warrior Lag says, do people realize O'Malley went out last night? People talking like he didn't take damage outside the leg. He went to sleep. Yeah, like I said, bro, those elbows by Cheetah were vicious. I saw those elbows. Make no mistake about that, Warrior. You know I saw that shit. You know I'll never discredit Marlon Chito Vera. You know what I'm saying? Ken says, Marlon Vera was easy money, plus 250. Man, uh, yeah, plus 250. Great odds, buddy. I, I'm, I'm happy for you cashing that. Warrior says Chavez and Pineda were the stars of last night. Those two were looking good. Yeah, great shit by Chavez and Pineda. For me, my stars were Jandy Rova, Marab, and Rosenstrike just because I bet on them, right? But, yeah, definitely. But I think Vera was a star too, man. Like I, I think he's, again, disrespected. You beat O'Malley, that's a huge deal. He's going to get a big fight next. So really, really exciting times. All right, well, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this special edition of After the Battle on Half the Battle. Truly appreciate it. I'm Daniel Levy, your host. Follow me at Best Fight Fix. Go to bestfightfix.com. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. I also have a new show with Dan Tom called The Line Movement MMA Betting Show, which you can check out at linemovement.com or line underscore movement. A lot of fun. Love love uh, doing a show with my boy Dan Tom. He's uh, It's awesome. Man. It's like a different uh, vibe than I have with Shaq. You know, like me and Shaq, like we're like good friends. Like I mean, me and Dan Tom are good friends too. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is like me and Shaq, like we've hung out in person many times, and it's more of like, a, you know, we'll say a lot of inappropriate shit. We'll be funny for the fans. We're dead brutally honest. We don't pull any punches. And I'd say with me and Dan Tom, it's a little more technical, more. Um, I mean, I state facts on both shows, but like, uh, I guess we we don't we don't joke around as much in the Dan Tom show. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, half the battle is no nonsense too. So just check out both shows. Fuck me explaining them. Just check out both shows. You know what I'm saying? But guys, thank you all again so much. I truly appreciate it. Also, let me know down below if y'all dug my guest. If y'all want me to keep bringing guests on, I truly appreciate it. 
Thank you all so much. And until the next time, let's go.